Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the NS9 postgame show, part of Pittsburgh Baseball Now. I'm your host, Anthony DiNardo. Finally, finally a guest is with me. I'm not having to do this on my own. Tyler, welcome back, buddy. Thank God. Nobody Thank wanted to hear you talk alone. I didn't want to hear me talk alone. I mean, this would be four times in a row. Jeez. It would be brutal. Terrible. But yeah, so thank you for partaking in tonight's uh, postgame show. I do what I can. <laughs> it's just it's very little, man. but it's what you can. Oh, I don't want to hear that. I know, right? I put the work in. It, I mean, it's funny because, you know, you and Jim, and I commend you guys, and I thank you. You know, you put in some some extra work with me being out with COVID there for a little bit. And then I feel like once I was better, you guys were like, I'm done. <laughs> You're in on your own, defense, buddy. No, in my defense, I had stuff going on. I had to do stuff. I Jim. Know. Jim's Jim. Yours was more legit. Jim was going to oh, Avril Lavigne concerts and then pools. Like I'm preparing for real life. Jim's out here. Ah, I'm going to go watch Machine Gun Kelly. Right. Like who does that? Anyways, you know, it's better than watching Machine Gun Kelly. The parts of the Yankees. Yes. Five to two. I mean, they they played a good baseball game today, pretty much everywhere. Yeah, except for the first base. Well, <laughs> yeah, we've just kind of grown accustomed to that <laughs> over like the past yeah. three years. Oh, but I feel like we got to a point where we were okay with it in the because, last few months because, because Yoshi was, was not playing. Right. Then Van Meter came back and yep, he, he eased that. He bridged that gap. To, to yeah. Yoshi. Nope. But but you're right. Yoshi, um, you know what? If we're going to talk about Yoshi in total, I mean, he did provide offense, though, today. So let's give him he his did. praise there. But the defense still was Yoshi Suzuko defense. Didn't help yeah, out crews. Didn't I help out pitchers. I can't yeah. do a Pirates team that has both Vogelbach and Yoshi. You can't do both. You can't. It's not pretty. No. Like the only way you could is if Yoshi had that second half of the Pirates last year. Yeah. Offensively. And then you feel like you can settle with it. Because like Vogelbach's bat. Yeah. It's nothing terrible, terrible first baseman. Well, yeah. I mean, as a first baseman, he's bad. But it's the bat terrible. as a DH plays. If Yoshi had the second half of last year bat. Then you could at least suffer through the you know the the defense a little bit. Yeah, you you can't do a you cannot deal with both, especially with O'Neill Cruz the shortstop. And yeah. that's mainly the one thing I that's like the big point of the night I want to bring up. Well, let's talk about it. <clears throat> Yoshi, not even Yoshi only. Michael Perez is terrible behind the plate. 
That's a point that we can probably just talk about forever. Yoshi was bad, man. Like that throw that was a, uh, I'm assuming it was the cruise air. They count as a hit. Did they? Okay. Yep. So no should one got the been. error for it. Really. No, it shouldn't have been. That should have been an error on somebody, <laughs> but that's a pick that every major league first baseman makes. Right. Then you, I mean, you're he's, right. He's bad. I don't want to watch him. I don't. But try not to get angry. But when I look at a lineup that shows Yoshi, Fan Meter, really those are the only two right now. I'll I can live with a Gamble in the lineup. I can live with the Vogelbach in the lineup. I can't do all four. Well, I think the issue is, I mean, Vogelbach and Gamble. Like there was no issue with them being in the lineup at all. Period. You know, I mean, no. Gamble today came through. Um, he had he went two for three, and then he had a pretty solid play defensively as well, holding I forget who it was to just a single. I think it was Carpenter. Yeah. Um, it was a very good play. And also, let's just point out there was actually three outfielders in the outfield. Yeah. So that's what also Gamble provides. Just being an outfielder is a positive. Yeah. I mean, he's he's a very good corner outfielder. It's just, I don't really know that I want to watch him play the outfield. Yeah. When they have so many guys that could just go out there and play, I don't really need to see it. And it's the same thing with Yoshi. Like, I don't need to see him. I don't care how he did on his rehab. I don't care. I don't want to watch him play. I can live with it, but I don't want to see it, especially when I got to watch Josh freaking Van Meter in the lineup. <laughs> right. Really, it, well, it goes like, down to it like you wrinkles said, like, all the way back to Josh Van Meter being in the lineup again. I don't want to watch him. Nobody does. He sucks. And that's what I was going to say. That that's really what it loses to. It's not so much the gamble and oh Vogelbach in the in the lineup. It's the fact that Yoshi and Van Meter, like those yeah. are the two things. And we all know how I feel about Van Meter. So right there with good with it. Yoshi. I can live with it a bit. It's like, yeah, that's where I'm at. To me, he's here. He's back. There's nobody there's, banging on that There was some intrigue, door. which is why the Pirates signed it to begin with. And I'm not here saying that there's still an intrigue, but he's coming off the rehab. He's back. The leash is short, though, in my eyes. Like, let's give him this little bit of time. Because to your point on all these players and the fact that you don't want to see Gamble because of all the other outfielders, it's not anything due to Gamble. Gamble's a fine quality player, especially right now, especially for this team. But there's a lot of young guys that you would rather see. So here's the thing. I know we joked a little bit that he was, here we go, another position switch, you know, whatever. Like He was taking reps on first base. Like he has played it in the past. Just the situation like this team is at. I'm perfectly okay if the reason you're finding at-bats for Gamble is because Yoshi eventually does get DFA'd and he plays first and a corner spot, you know, when needed. That's the way of getting his his bat in the lineup, his play, and then still being able to create time for all these younger players. I'm, I'm okay with Gamble in the corner outfields. I can't watch a team that has both Yoshi and Vogelbach in a lineup. 
because this is a team that is go like they are going to kill O'Neill Cruz. <laughs> like Michael Chavis, he is we get it. He has saved O'Neill Cruz from a couple errors. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done what a first baseman should he's, do. He's played very well there. Mm-hmm. And he's going to hit as well as Yoshi does. Because Yoshi is not good. He's shown it his career. He's not good. Vogelbach, to his credit this year, has hit the baseball well. So he has earned that DH spot. I'll gladly watch him be in the lineup every week. But I can't do the Yoshi and Vogelbach. So, like, the problem here is, and again, it's one game. We went, he got two hits. Two pretty big hits. It is just one game where he did that. But, like, the problem here is, again, the front office, the GM, went out and got Yoshi and Vogelbach. Two DHs to to play first base. You know, like, so, like, it's just unfortunate. Like, I can't blame Yoshi for his inabilities to play first base because that was the package, and you knew what you were getting when you opened it, right? So, like, it's not his fault that he can't play. He can't. He's a DH. That's what he is. But he's being forced to play first base. But to your point, it's disadvantageous because you have a shortstop who, like, that's his downfall. His his arm's so damn strong. We see that. But there's definitely some inaccuracies in his throws. And you want to have a guy like Chavis who has bailed him out and made good defensive first plays uh, play. Yoshi's not going to provide that. So, like, it's going to hinder Cruz. And this isn't, like, the reason to do it, but what's unfortunate is, so you're going to hear the chirping now, you know, when Cruz does this and Yoshi isn't able to handle these balls. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that O'Neill Cruz. He can't play shortstop. Right. Have a guy like Chavis that minimizes that or a regular competent first baseman. But if I guess Jim that's where I go back to gamble. I just Jim feel this like comments. Why is he not on the show? I know. Right. But like, hear me out on this. And what's your take on it? Oh, yeah. Like, I just feel like gamble can't be any worse also. So like if gamble can maybe split time with Chavis at first and then takes a corner outfield here and there, Eventually, when Yoshi gets DFA, because I just I see that coming down the road at some point, probably sooner or later. Wow. There are way so Dave says if Yoshi hits through. with power, I'd say let him play and put Chavis a second. No. I don't think that's no. really gonna happen, but like that's what I'm alluding to a little bit. I don't believe in it, but he is back. And if he is hitting. If he's hitting with power like he's doing, if he's be, if he's being an asset, I mean that is a positive. It's just the downside is it's going to be very very bad defense. You know, it's time for another show where I just complain about the fact that the Pirates can't find a defensive first baseman that can actually hit a baseball. Let's just, I mean, forget defensive. Let's just start with competent. Like anywhere, offensively or defensively. Play a good first base and hit the baseball because they don't have one. Right. And it's such an easy position, though. Like, it's not hard to pick a baseball. It's not hard. No. Let's move on from Yoshi. (laughs) Shut the hell up. We know they won. And move on. Um, So what, what else stands out? Let's start with. Quintana, can can we do that? 
So good. Looks so good tonight. And this is the Yankees lineup. Again, like this is the this is the test. If there's a test. And he pat he aced this one. Uh, no, he, he looked excellent tonight. He really did. Maybe I mean it could have been his best start of the year. <laughs> you could argue that again, especially because of this lineup. Yeah. I mean it was the, the downside is he only goes five innings. But in those five innings, seven strikeouts, no walks, just six hits, and then the one run. I mean, the not even him, it, the entire staff. Aaron Judge, one for five. Just terrific job because the Yankees lineup goes as he goes, right now at least. And Leonardo. Yeah. Why did they not give him a two-year deal? Let's talk about that. I did want to bring that up today because we've never really talked about this because we felt like we wanted to save it more towards like the trade deadline or whatnot. And I felt like it would be good because I felt like I'd still have my argument and we could really dissect this and talk about it because there was a lot of rumblings, you know, beginning of the season, like why even trade Q? He's not going to get you that back, that great of a return. Um, my whole argument was trade him. Like you trade Jose Quintana for the best deal you can possibly get. I don't want to hear keep him. I, and I don't want to hear extend him either. My side of this, and we're not going to go too deep because this argument nope. is, is shifting. My side of it at that time was the bar shouldn't be Jose Quintana. And that's why I don't want to extend him. I don't want to keep him because what's the point? Just trade him. I don't give a crap about lasting the rest of the two months without him or whatever. Get what you can, throw some darts at a wall, right, and, and see what you get. But Q's performing, and he's performing, I feel like, even better than he was at the beginning of the year. The beginning year, I really felt like, okay, there's a lot of smokes and mirrors. There's, there's numbers, right? But I don't really trust this. And, of course, that's why people are like saying, well, trade him before he turns into a pumpkin. It's like, well, the teams are mm-hmm. smart. They're not going to do that either. Yeah. But – the more and more he pitches and like where we stand today, he's pretty legit. And I'm, I'm on board now. Like you can easily coerce me to, to talk about extending Quintana. I'm on board with it. Yeah. I think <clears throat> not, it's not just Quintana. You look at Tyler Anderson, a guy that probably could have been had for a cheap two year deal. It goes back to the Huntington era, Edison Volquez. Like there are guys out there that they really should be looking at as two-year guys. But for some reason, this team on these reclamation projects, they're not even really reclamations because Quintana he didn't have any other options. I mean, the like, contract stated. You signed to the Pirates. I don't want to hear about well, maybe he would have turned it down. He signed that $2 million deal. You give him two for seven, two for eight, who cares? What is that really going to hurt Bob Nutting? If he fails, oh well. Sorry, we're out a couple mil. There's no downside to doing this. And it's a strategy that this team has not employed. And it's not Ben Sherrington. 
it's both him and Neil Huntington never did it as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a very frustrating part that they just never employed. Liriano was a one-year guy. Yeah. What I was going to say even too is, I know it's a little bit different of a strategy, but even other strategies we talked about that they never went ahead. It was, it was like the, the Drew Smiley's or like Michael Pineda's, right? The guys yeah. that are coming off an injury. So I'm like a two-year deal. I mean, Wade no, Miley, my God. You look at the tweets these days and there's some guy out there on Twitter talking about sign Wade Miley and some other guy just happened to say, I'm just going to keep this for whenever Quintana has a better year than him. wonder who that could be and who he quoted. Hey, why not have both? Yeah. Well, one's hurt. Yeah, yeah, but but one one's on the show and one is actually on the show. <laughs> one's just commenting on the show. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I uh, like you have a point there about the two years, and I guess like at this point of time, maybe the Tyler Anderson a little bit more different because I mean there was one thing like that. That signing was a bit intriguing at the time. I liked it, you know, at that point of time. Coming from Colorado, right? I mean, we know people, pitchers, especially there. I mean, their numbers are bad, but there was like a lot of underlining stuff that you liked in Tyler Anderson. Quintana, I, I just looked at this as like, this is them feeding at the bottom of the barrel. Jose Quintana's washed up, you know? And, and again, I don't know if there was something they did see. Like you can go back when you're talking about the reclamation projects in the old regime, there was something that they were headhunting and they found in these pictures. And I don't know because the thing too is like Tyler Anderson, at least to me, maybe you can disagree and tell me, but like Tyler Anderson is not the same as Jose Quintana. Quintana showed a little bit peripheral wise that he could be okay, but it was more of Pirates fans just living in the past. Well, take away the fans, like the regime. I, I don't know if I fully felt like like this regime was like, this is the guy we want. Like we've targeted Jose Quintana. Here's what he can do, and here's what we can bring out. Obviously, like not. they signed to one year, two billion. Well, well, to your point, though, I mean, what did uh, Edison Volquez sign? It was very cheap. What did like maybe uh, four? I don't even think it was a four year. Or I four, think he uh, might have got four. But, but either way, I know what you're saying about the two years, but like I, I feel like with the Katana deal, it was almost like we need pitchers and you're the cheapest and can probably give us – He's the one thing you can say about him is he's durable. You can probably give us 140-plus innings. Here's $2 million. Can I and push it turns up? out that he's more than just an innings eater, that he actually has become good. And I don't know if I firmly believe that the Pirates knew that was going to happen. Can I push a button? Yeah. What if the players, what if the player botches and they continue running them out with a 70 or a la Yoshi? I don't care. Get rid of them. It's 7 million over two years. I don't care. That's and what I I'm think, saying. Who right. cares? It's nothing. So like to your point, it's three and a half million dollars. You might have to eat by DFAing him, but that's the risk reward that you get. And if you can find so, so like think about that. So like what if this year, because for every Yoshi, like I, I get what you're talking about with Yoshi. Mm -hmm. 
there's a if you have to Cahill. eat four million dollars, you eat four million dollars. But in doing that, what if you're able to sign Quintana to a two year, like you said, seven million dollar deal? I mean, sign a one year two million. Oh, you like, sign a that two year ten, two years four. I mean, like if you sign two years seven million dollars, like you have Jose Quintana next year for three and a half million dollars, way undervalued. Tyler Anderson only signed an eight million dollar contract this year. Only. If they would have signed him to a two like eight, you think he would have took it? Probably. Because who knows what would have happened. Even two nine, two ten. Who cares? Go give them the extra year. So whenever they're getting traded, like a la Tyler Anderson, mm-hmm. you're not getting a Carter Benz. They have another year of control. Right. So think about Quintana right now. How do you have an extra year? If and I know the goal isn't to trade him, but like if you wanted to trade him right now, because there's there's this package that you're like, hey, we're building club, we can't turn this down. He's gonna have a lot more value, yeah. As opposed to just being a rental. So like, get your point. Like again, Tyler Anderson, perfect example of that. Yeah, you're not getting a Carter Bins. Maybe you get something. Maybe it bumped up a little bit more, but it, we'll talk about it more on the trade deadline shows. <laughs> <laughs> sure. But I, I think my main point was the thing about me too, was the reason I didn't want to extend the reason I don't want to talk about anything other than trading him was like, I felt like I don't want the bar to be Jose Quintana. Like if you're going to yeah. spend money, go get yourself something better than Jose Quintana next year. Like this is the time, this is the year. Of course now it's next year, not this year when it should have been that you really got to start putting up, you know, your, your foot on the gas doing something improving. But again, Jose Quintana is kind of as that dude. Like he isn't. My point was the bar shouldn't be low. Go get something better. And Jose Quintana has proven that he actually is better. I put out the comparison today and it was more or less just, uh, it was almost like, it's not saying anyone's bad or good regime or whatever, but it's like he and James and Tyone both had sub like three and a half ERAs. I think at that time it was like 3.4 and like 3.3. And like, and now they're reversed. Tyon's three point six right now, and Jose Quintana's a three point three three ERA, and his FIP is right in line. I think right now it's a three point four. His FIP. I mean, he's a legit pitcher. You just reminded me of Jameson Tyon's curveball. That thing's sexy. Oh, it's always been. Whew. I forgot how good it looks, From and I know he did. I know, but I know he didn't pitch the best game. Man, that first inning. When he just sat him down, it was like, oh, what could have been? <laughs> hey, that guy next year. He, that guy's just got it. I'm happy that, for him, too. I'm I so happy too. for him. Man, he's, that curveball so good. And the way he, he attacks hitters... He's he's going to be sought after, as he should be. Yeah, and good for him. Yep, yep. But uh, hey, it's a good point. Like the idea that they can't cut him because of money is ridiculous, and that I agree with. I mean, if we're talking about three, four million dollars, that's that's pennies, especially when you already have this type of a payroll. That's a risk reward that you want to take right now, because you can eat that. Like you're not you're not at your air quotes created cap right that's like you self-imposed 
right? When Nunning goes out and says you have $100 million and you have a $98 million you know, opening day payroll, you might not want to make those risks because then, you know, you got to you gotta talk to your boss. Hey, can I open up the wallet because I want to make this deal or whatever. But when you're sitting this low, this is the time to make those type of risks because this is how you can really yeah. improve a roster, right, to get that big-time reward. I mean, again, like think back of it. Like when Liriano was signed, when Edison Volquez was signed, I'm sure a lot of people were like, this is crazy. We're supposed to get better. And then look what happened. You've mentioned time and time again, the biggest part of that regime wasn't the prospects. Like it was, it was those, it was the signings of Neil Huntington. Yeah. I mean, Russell Martin was a two year deal. There you go. One year. There you go. Yeah. Pirates won today, by the way. They that did. <laughs> it was such a good game. <laughs> but yes, so <clears throat> as we've talked about Quintana for quite some time, I'm fully on board right now. I think the, the issue is like, do they talk extension? And what happens, you know, if you're at the deadline and you if either A, haven't, or B, they haven't come to an agreement. What do you do then? Do you trade him or do you just hang on to him and hope you can create talks to, to make an extension or make another deal after the season. I don't know that, that we can talk about, but Will Crow does come in pitches two innings. Of course does Will Crow stuff against his Yankee lineup. And um, like you said, the rest of I mean, the bullpen did his job. Underwood gave up a run. Yep. He was spotty. Yeah. I mean, Underwood looked like Underwood should. The big thing is just get it to Bednar. Get the ball to Bednar. Bednar's back. Are we stamping it? I'm not stamping it, but it's good to see him get some outs without any trouble. I'll say after the first batter of his last outing, right, when he went four walks or four balls for a walk, he got the next three guys out. Today, he comes in, then he gives up a hit, but gets four guys out. I'm Well, three guys out and four batters, I should say. I'm not that worried anymore. No. I mean, I was never really worried. It was more, mm. yeah, a little bit worried. <laughs> but also one of those, what the hell are they going to do? Like if something does happen. Huh? It was more of a, what the hell is this team going to do if something happens to him? Oh, well, I mean. You're already asking where they're going to do when he's here. That's why he's got to yeah. go three innings and pitch sometimes. Yeah. I mean, they've tapered it down a good bit. Right. More than a good bit, actually. They've really went conservative with him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I get it. You have to because you used him like an idiot, as everybody else knew. Like, straight up, you used him like a jackass. You went after wins in May and April. Right. And now you have to put him on a pitch count as a closer, which is yeah. awesome. Because this team rocks. Well, the same sense. He shouldn't have to use a closer two innings plus every time. Yeah. So it's nice. It's, it's I'll say this also. It's nice to see David Benar used in one inning rolls again. Yeah, it's nice I to guess know he can do it but it doesn't have to be every single time. It'd also be awesome 
if Derek Shelton could learn the difference between using him two innings and only using him in the ninth inning, then we're really going to like blow brains out. Because, you yeah. know, sometimes the eighth inning is a little bit more important. You know, when you got Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton coming up, maybe we use him there. I don't think that happened tonight, but just future reference. I think he's done a better job of that, though. No, nah, like he still uses him in the ninth. Mm. Which there Early is a the point year. that I get if you're going to control innings. Maybe there is something to just learning the ninth inning role, getting used to it, all that good stuff. But And then you can overuse them if you only want to use them in high leverage situations. But, eh, shut up, Jim. <laughs> But like I kind of agree with this because I say like early in the year he's put in Bednar in a tough like a tough situation and has had Stratton close out the game. Yeah, but that, I how think long what's was progressed that? is instead of just doing that, he's just been like, yeah. well, I'm going to put Bednar in the seventh inning and then also let him close out the game." <laughs> so I think that that's that's the problem more or less. It's not so much getting Bednar in the tough spot; it's you can also get him out and have someone else be confident enough to close out the game. That's the problem, though. There just hasn't been. So he goes seven, eight, nine. Well, the big problem is that he used him for like two innings a bunch of times. Yeah. And now he right. can't do that. Right. So here we are. Yeah. But anyway, so he does get his 13 save. Looking pretty good again. Um, let's get to the hitters though. Some more. So again, people with multiple hits today. Brian Reynolds goes two for four. Sawinski goes two for four. He's just he, first off, he loves PNC Park. Just absolutely loves it. But the power. Go ahead, Tyler. Man. Whew. Someone bring that clip up where someone said, "Man, he's got a little bit of pop." I guess. <laughs> yeah, I I was right. He does have a little pop, but he also has a lot of pop. <laughs> um, hey, he's he's putting my doubts to rest. All of them. He certainly has pop. Now, I guess to define if he can be a good everyday outfielder is if he can also not strike out as much, yeah. hit for a little bit better average. But the OPS is now over a hundred. Again, he now, I think, is tied again with uh, Julio Rodriguez for the home run lead of all rookies with 14. Um, oh, actually, you know what? Because I think Julio hit one last night, so maybe not. Um, but he's he's playing well. He's playing fine. Like, the walk, the on-base percentage is very bad. He strikes out way too much. He does not walk enough. But he hits the ball. Um, I don't see. I don't know if I totally agree that he doesn't walk enough. I mean, so here he has a 9.2 walk rate. That's not bad by any means. And that's like the one thing that stood out from day one. He doesn't get on base enough. It's the average and striking out. The average is very bad. It is. 
I mean, he is right now batting 227 on base 312, which actually, yeah, it was three. Well, not much of a difference. 308 earlier. I thought he was still in the twos. Um, like it's not terrible. And again, most, so the thing that's really creating his OPS is the home runs. I mean, the, the power is really oh, yeah. what's making him a very competent. I mean, he's got a 122 rated run grade plus. Like he's, he's <laughs> that, hitting well. That bad boy just like is a roller coaster ride of Jackson Winsky WRC <laughs> plus. It's like 122 down to 97, back up to 118, down to 100. <laughs> Right, that bad boys but, everywhere, but that's why because it's all driven from the home runs. Yeah, I mean, like once actually hit a home run, it goes back up. Then he just slowly drops it back down. And he hits a home run. Well, we joked, we joked if Mason Martin was going to make it, it's because he was going to be like an Adam Dunn light. And actually, I think there's a good, good thing here. Like Jack Sawinski pretty much is Adam Dunn, Adam Dunn light right now. Oh man. The guy that you said didn't really have much power. You're now comparing to Adam Dunn. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jackson with his baby. Thank God there's someone on this podcast. Basically everything we prayed Mason Martin would be. Um, <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm okay with him. Like he's playing fine. He's played a he's very good developing. corner outfield. For everything we say about Ono Cruz, like you can clearly say about him. I mean, he's not. It doesn't like he has a ton of plate appearance. He's got 218. Um, he's certainly playing better now than like he was earlier. That was always the thing that stood out about him was how comfortable he looked. He looked like a major leaguer. Results are starting to come. Again, I know like, it is really power driven. If he can get that average back up, right? Not strike out a lot, make better contact, get some hits. I'm intrigued by him. Still, yeah, have my reservations. Yeah. Right. So he got but 14 home runs, 14 or 15 now. 14. 14. Yeah. Like, yeah. In intrigued. Two games. Above mm. average bat, 14 home runs. Yeah. I'm intrigued as well, Leonardo. <laughs> Thanks for pointing out the obvious. Right. But, and he's You're also playing a pretty good corner outfield. Well, yeah. That's also a thing. He definitely, uh, of like all. It's just sad because again, like this club doesn't want to have actual outfielders on the team, which just drives you crazy. But it's not even just the fact that he is an outfielder; he actually does possess a good outfielder glove. And he's like, he's not a guy that's going to hit like twenty-eight home runs a year. Let's pump the brakes on that. I think there there's probably twenty in the bat a year if he gets regular plate appearances. But he's not like this big power hitter. I mean, they've they haven't been the most. Imp- he has had some impressive home runs. So They're, you're saying that one because of that one off Yachty, right? No, I mean I think it's one that no, that was got that asterisk, Vogelbach. right? There's Vogelbach that hit the 97 mile per hour home run today. But regardless, he's I mean. There's pop, but he's not a 30-plus guy. I don't know. I don't think he's that. I, I still need to see more, right, before I'm going to stamp anything. But so far right now, like, he's showing that, like, so far this year, that's exactly what he is. Yeah, he is. But And also, he's giving this team what they absolutely need right now because they don't have guys that hit the ball at the wall. Other than Brian Reynolds, 
and O'Neill Cruz when he hits the ball like 120 miles an hour, which comes in bunches. Yeah, but only goes like 20 feet in the air. <laughs> yeah, but they don't have guys that hit the ball over the wall. Right. And he's provided that and provided a lot of offense for this team. Mm-hmm. Certainly has. Which has led him to batting. I mean, he batted third in the lineup today also. Like, give him credit yeah. for that. Worst case scenario, I think he's a very, very good third or fourth outfielder. I agree with that. And a worst possibly, case, he's a DH. Not really, probably a DH because he plays too good defensively or right. he plays too well. I think that, I mean, again, like it's fair to say that we've, he is a, the floor for him is, I mean, he's clearly a major leaguer. And I think the floor is a fourth outfielder. Yeah. And, Time will tell, but he might go through a stretch that he just looks absolutely terrible. And he's going to strike out a lot of times and not actually hit these home runs. Right. Yep. And that's still to come. But I think that's where I'm at. Like, it's still his rookie year. He's never even, like, he barely saw a double A, right? Never saw a triple A. Came right up to the majors this year. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to give him, you know, for all that we say about Ono Cruz, like, you gotta be fair about Solinsky as well. Like this is he's still developing. And that's why I'm still intrigued. The power's legit. Like you can't fake power, right? As I keep saying, you can't just become a 500 foot baseball hitter, you know? Like you have to have that ability. And he's showing he has that ability. What needs to come is he's got to play discipline, I feel too. Like he just has to not strike out as much. Get that average up. I mean, if he can do that. If O'Neill Cruz was doing what he's doing at the plate, we'd be thrilled. I know that Jim said that about Mason Martin. If O'Neill Cruz was right now, we'd be fine. Like 14 home runs? Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. <sighs> Anyways. So, yeah. So, Jack Sawinski also had a good night, continuing his solid rookie year. Um, as you mentioned, Vogelbach, he also had a home run tonight. His number 11th on the year. Oh, he's a big boy, but he's, he's, he's so fun fat. to watch. He, he's just, I love, love watching him at the plate. He, again, like I can't say it enough. He just looks fat like a dick. He just does. He looks, he is. I know. Like every, he's every. So fat. Now he does know the strikes. Like I give that to him. He does sure, know fat. the strike zone, but it's just so funny because when there's a pitch that he does not agree with, oh man, <laughs> it's Cervelli on steroids, which already happened. Yes, <laughs> I feel like that guy holds a grudge too. <laughs> Jim says Vogi is my spirit animal. He's but, so um, fat. Yeah, uh, he is. Like he is a legit hitter. I and. He is a guy that the Pirates did go and sign for two years. He can return next year at for the Pirates as a DH, and I'm all for it. Just don't bring Yoshi back, too. Also have a first baseman. Yeah, I'd like to see how this how the season ends up with Vogelbach, but I know a few weeks ago I said I don't really care if he comes back. I'm more open to it. He's really come on lately. I just can't do both Bogey and Yoshi. Fair enough. You know what? You accept my Vogi. I accept your Quintana. I I can't do both of them. No, if but I'm Vogue, with that. I, I want to see the rest of the have... year with Vogelbach. 
if he continues to be above average, they need pop. I will deal with him, but they got to keep him in the DH role. And he can't be taken at bats away. Next year, there has to be a legit first baseman on this team. Yeah. Um, And then, as we mentioned, Ben Gamble also two hits, right? Two for three. His return tonight. Good defense. I mean, he's a good major leaguer. Like, he's fine. I just don't really want to. I don't care to really see him that much. He's one I think that we both agree on that you're not going to get much because it's a corner outfield, right? Like, you're not going to get much. But I feel he's the guy for what you want to argue with Quintana. Gamble, I believe, is a guy that you trade just simply for the fact of you you need to create spots. Like, you have to just move on from him so you get what you can. He's kind of in the way. Right. And it's like no fault. Like, he deserves. He's playing well enough. He deserves to go to a contender. So do mm-hmm. that for him. And then that also creates and opens up spots for your club to get the guy that you want to get in there to get that experience and development for. He's not going to be here long. We don't, I, he doesn't need to be extended. There is a plethora of outfielders in this organization. He doesn't need to be here anymore. He's done what he can for this organization. He revived his career, really. Or not even revived. He started his career here. Mm, I won't say he was, I mean, he, he was good eh, in Seattle. Eh, he, was, eh, he was fine. But he kind of really re-jump started it. Now, I agree with that. I, it, he's not good enough to be on a really good team as a corner outfitter, as a starter. He's fine. I just... Yeah. I don't need to see him anymore. We know what he is. No, I couldn't. I don't care. Ben Ben Gamel. <laughs> yeah. He was useless to me. Right. I didn't want him anymore. I really don't want him now. It's uh I'm with you. I won't look at it as like this team has like a plethora of outfielders. I mean, they they do per se. We don't know if they're like any really good ones yet. Other than I'd like to find Ryan out Ryan Reynolds and probably Jack Swinsky. Um, but I think like with him is he's good, but he's not good enough for me. Kind of like where my Quintana situation was like, he, I don't want to extend him because he shouldn't be the bar. If you do spend money on a corner outfielder, don't spend it on Ben Gamble, spend it on something better. And that's just simply where I'm at. He's good enough. He is good, but I don't want to settle on paying money to Ben Gamble. I want to go get better, which could be internally, as you're alluding to. I'm ignoring <laughs> Jim's comment because it's 42 minutes in. Yeah, I know. We could talk about a lot right now. Um, so anything yeah. else of note that you want to bring up today? We can talk about it tomorrow. <laughs> Sounds good. Basically, what Jim is saying. Yeah, yeah, that's we talked about a lot tonight, and we certainly can talk about that. So we'll do that tomorrow. Maybe you and Jim can talk about. <laughs> Anyways, good lord, what do I look like? Guy that can be on all the time? Clearly not. Jim's got to figure out how to use this thing by himself. <laughs> 
he forgets how to use it with two people. He's been out for so long. But yeah, so the Pirates do return. The Yankees, sure. Pirates tomorrow, 7.05 once again. It's Mitch Keller Day versus Luis Severino. So that's an interesting matchup. Another uh, certainly a good pitcher for the Yankees. We believe there's a good pitcher, Mitch Keller, currently going. So, again, intrigued by that. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see what he can do tomorrow against this Yankees lineup. That's going to be a test. Yeah, we'll see how he keeps the ball in the park. Yeah. And away from bats. Yeah. It's a All good right. opportunity. So yeah. let's get out of here. It certainly is. So we'll talk about it tomorrow, approximately yeah. 24 hours from now. We'll see you then. If you're still watching, go ahead. Appreciate you guys. Go ahead and like this. <laughs> Subscribe if you haven't. Leave any comments. Again, make fun of Jim. But we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Peace out, Girl Scouts.